0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. You can read all of our stories leading up to the 2021 season over at the MichiganInsider.com, Michigan.247Sports.com. So if you have missed the previous three, we are doing a series of, of shorter episodes, at least that's our goal, uh, previewing Michigan's 2021 season at each position group We will look at the depth chart and the position battles that exist. We will look at the biggest strength of the group in each of our minds, the biggest weakness, uh, a big question mark if it isn't also the weakness, and then make a bold prediction for the group. So we've done quarterbacks, we've done running backs, we've done wide receivers and tight ends. You can go check those out wherever you get your podcasts. You can also go check it out at our website as well on our podcast page. This episode, we are taking a look at the offensive line. So we'll start with the depth chart. They have, see, seven guys who started last season. I think it might be seven guys who started multiple games. Even anyway, they returned a lot of talent. Really, the only the only player that they lost, if I'm not mistaken, was was just Jalen Mayfield. Everyone else is is back. And of all the position groups, I think this is the one with the most position battles. Um, Some of them are like interchangeable. Jim Harbaugh's talked about this. They, they feel like uh, Zach Zinter and Andrew Stuber are two guys who are pretty much, they're going to start one way or another. It's just a matter of where. And so Zinter can be guard or center. Stuber can be guard or tackle. Sounds like Ryan Hayes has the left tackle job locked up as well. So he's kind of the third guaranteed starter, but then, Then you have technically like five or six guys battling for the other two spots. So if if Stuber played guard, Zinter played center, the tackle battle seems like it's between Carson Barnhart and Trent Jones. Um, Two guys in the same class together. They're both six foot four. They're both um, 307 pounds. I think they're both sneaky good athletes. Like I think if they became starters, I I think NFL scouts would would at least – you know, take a, take a second look just because Barnhart, former basketball player, really good footwork and Jones, uh, Andrew Stuber told, told me last week, he thinks Jones is the most athletic tackle he's ever seen just from a, from an athleticism standpoint. And so uh, those are the guys at guard or tackle, excuse me at, if it's center. So if Zinter plays guard, Stuber plays tackle and center is the open spot. Uh seems like it would be Andrew Vestardis. He was the starter last season. he, um, he missed a couple games due to I – don't, I don't know if it was injury or COVID protocols. Michigan didn't. Injury. It was, it was injury. Okay. It was injury. He sure, was actually
1: sure. – um, Vistardis
0: was actually quietly very banged up last year. Some Even when time. he was playing? A little bit, yeah. I would, okay. I would say yes. Gotcha. So. Uh, and then Jim Harbaugh, just because he mentioned him, Greg Crippen might, might also be in the mix. But I, I assume it would be Vistardis or Zinter is kind of what they're deciding between, and then that will determine – the other position battles and then trevor keegan versus chuck filiaga i think steve you and i i think are both in in the, the camp that you probably go with trevor keegan showed uh some really good just i guess I, some really good power last fall against penn state against a good penn state defensive line too i don't know they might have had some players out with injury but they they sent a lot of guys to the nfl they they routinely have a good defensive front and and he was he was uh, getting some push, uh, to, to say the least, and, and led to one really long run in a season where Michigan didn't have a ton of long runs. So I I think you and I are probably both thinking Keegan has the higher ceiling and might just have a little bit more power right now. But Chuck Filiaga began last season as a starter, um, You know, good size, former top 150 recruit, now in his fifth year. So he's also got the experience. And it sounds like he's giving it one last little senior push based on his you know with the the rave reviews he's gotten for his off season development and things like that. But I, I think if I were to to guess, and they were starting now, I think it would be, um, Ryan hate left to right, Ryan Hayes, Trevor Keegan. I said Zach Zinter a couple weeks ago, but I just when I asked Stuber about um, Barnhart and and Jones, Stuber seemed to talk refer to both of them as. You know, guys who are ready, if if an injury happens, like he was referring to them both as kind of his backups, which I don't think. I mean, Stuber tells it like it is. He's he's one of the better, more informative quotes on the team. Um, so I'm inclined to think that maybe Vasardis has looked a little better than Barnhart and, and and Jones, just in terms of earning coaches' trust. So I'm going to go Hayes, Keegan, Vasardis, Zinter, Stuber. Still a very, very big line, a very tall offensive line. I think it might – I'd have to do some research. I think it might be Michigan's tallest offensive line in a, in a while. I mean, maybe maybe 20 I, – I don't know, actually. I don't know when, it, when the last team was this tall. So, anyway, we'll talk about that in a moment. But, but Steve, uh, what's, what, are you, what are you seeing in terms of the position battles and the depth chart on the offensive line?
1: Uh, I think this has to be their deepest –
0: offensive line in a long time I think so
1: it's been trending this like this was this is part of the progression you know offensive line kind of one of those spots where I mean there'll be a unicorn there every once in a while but most times it's going to take a couple years or so to get guys acclimated you're now seeing that 19 group uh, what third year in the program two of them likely to be starters possibly three depending on the Jones you know like you just talked about the shuffling. Jones or Barnhart so yeah that chart wise I'm in agreement with you uh just a based on Harbaugh talking about Vistardis a little bit and then B I mean there were some I mean just be honest not going to pretend to like have some super secret thing there were pictures that surfaced a little bit from the scrimmage over the weekend a lot of former players there uh Vistardis in the middle Zinter at right guard I think you could maybe discern a little bit off of that. I know one thing, like I, that's why I wanted to make a point to mention that it's, it's true that the was, was pretty banged up last year. Not, you know, don't know what that means regarding what a 100% Andrew Vistardis will, how effective he'll be. But I, I do get the sense. He definitely has sort of that, that senior leadership role up front. And, you know, with, with Zinter, you know, center is such a nuanced position. It's clear he's one of the best five, right? But doesn't necessarily, you know, centers, uh, it is, it's a little bit of a different position up front. You know, there's there's the calls, there's just a lot of different things that need to be made. You wonder maybe if the start is a better combination of just the experience playing the position and maybe maybe him being 100% and being fully ready to go uh, is that maybe he's been a little bit more effective than maybe people remember him being last season so I, I'm right now as, as things stand today because I think even Harbaugh told John Jansen last week you know if you'd asked him the week before he would have had a different starting five but he also said there are eight or nine guys that are capable of playing it's the first time I think you can say that about Michigan up- and I believe that too by the way there's like I know there's the fluff right. there's the preseason fluff and stuff that's one thing I believe that You know, you kind of piece things together. We know Jones and Barnhart are relatively close. He made a point to say Filiaga had the best offseason of any offensive lineman. I do still think that Keegan will win that job, but I think they feel a lot better about Filiaga than maybe they did midway through last season. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, I feel like they think they have a a solid one two unit. And I think you have a couple guys in there Zinter, Barnhart, maybe that are malleable. Uh, you know, guys that could move if if something you know, it was like say Jones or Barnhart takes a big leap or even Stuber. Uh is malleable too. I mean he could have been playing right guard. I mean that was one of the scenarios, right? So, you know, I think I think there's a lot of moving pieces, but in a good way, uh, as far as the depth situation goes.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the depth I I I've heard it enough to believe it now. I mean Josh Gaddis, Sharon Moore, and Jim Harbaugh have all met with the media and and they just they light up a little bit when they're talking about that offensive line, and and we talked about this a little bit with the run game that this is probably uh, a line that that should be able to control the line of scrimmage a little bit more, and should be able to you know if they need to have a drive that's predominantly running the football, even if it's you know ugly football, it's, it's that they could pull it off and they could they could be effective. So um, I guess there's always the caveat of I don't know if that means they will be the best offensive line in the country, but, but this is a group that I think is trending up. And I will say, you know, for all the, all the um, frustration about last year's offensive line play, it's important to remember they were missing, not just their four returning or their four 2019 starters who went on to be NFL draft picks. Mayfield was out for several games. Ryan Hayes was out for several games. So think about it like a basketball team. If a basketball team loses four starters, from the year before you're like okay that that team might struggle a little bit and then if you take out the two guys who played considerably the year prior well suddenly it's like well this is a completely this is a absolutely a rebuilding year for the offensive line and, and offensive line is one of just a couple of positions where you can't really you, you do need experience you do need time on task um at least a couple of years i mean it's just hard it's just rare for true freshmen this is true at alabama this is true at Wisconsin, Truett, Ohio State, Truett, Clemson. You know, all the uh, Oklahoma, all the best offensive lines. It really is a lot of like redshirt sophomore, redshirt juniors. Um, so, so we'll have to see how it manifests itself in games. But I, I do, I think the depth is something that Michigan feels really confident in. And I guess speaking of biggest strength of the offensive line, Steve, I'll let you go first. Are you thinking it's the depth?
1: I think it has to be, sorry for potentially kind of repeating what we just talked, but if, you're, if you are talking about the biggest strength, it has to be the depth. It's the first year in a while. I feel like an, if they're, if somebody was injured or somebody, you know, maybe wasn't in hundred percent shape, ready to play, feel like across the board, Michigan has somebody that can step in that can give them a good quality performance. Right. And that again, could be a guy moving over and if to open up a spot and put somebody else in. Um, You know, he mentioned Nolan Rumler also as a guy that's been been doing pretty well and I think would be in that second line type mix. So, yeah, it's got to be that. Right. I mean, it kind of has to be. That's why I say like there's really no. You you talk about best offensive line in the country. I don't think that's going to be that's not a thing, Uh, but there's no excuse for this not to be one of the strong points of the team this year. I think that's why there's a lot of pressure. on am Moore. As a first year offensive line coach mm-hmm. to, to come through and produce a quality unit. Not yeah, yet I, because they're good, they're experienced, they're talented, and there are. There's a lot of depth. A lot of guys.
0: Yeah. A lot of former either four star recruits or three stars that Michigan felt like were higher than three, you know, really like genuine top targets from the last couple of recruiting classes. Some guys have have left, but but at the same time, I think, I think there is um a lot of talent and then you know i guess this is my thing when i when i go it's hard to assess offensive linemen the first time you watch a game so i try to either go rewatch games or like watch their high school film to kind of get a sense of what they're good at and the, the thing that came to me is i think they have i among their starting 5 or their likely starting 5 i think they have a lot of power and guys who can can really Kind of dip dip their heads down and and just create holes in the run game. You know, I think there are some limitations to this offensive line. I, I think there's there's a lot that we don't know as well. But I think if it just feels like a group. You know, I'm thinking of Keegan. I'm thinking of Stuber here. Um, you know, Zinter as well. Especially, I feel like those three. I really think that they're going to be kind of a pain in the, in the butt for a lot of defensive lines. Cause I think, I think that they, they are not necessarily like NFL draft picks necessarily yet, but I think when they are controlling where they want to go, not reacting to the to the blitzes and things like that, when they are controlling kind of the hole they want to create the lane they want to create for the running, running back. I just, I feel like there's going to be a lot of push. I feel like there's going to be a lot of, of strength, um, you know, Vistardis, I didn't really see that last season. I will, I guess, just wait and see how it how it goes. I mean, if he if he truly was banged up, or or was someone that needed maybe a, another off season. He's a sixth sixth year walk on, so he certainly has the experience and knows knows where he's supposed to be and when. And you're right, that is valuable at center. Um, but yeah, it's. It's going to be interesting there hayes I, I haven't seen him i mean he was a converted tight end out of high school so i think the natural inclination is to kind of assume he's he's pretty got pretty good footwork got pretty good um mobility you know at left tackle would not pencil him in as a true you know, power run blocking type especially at 307 pounds but but you know they've got three that, that can and so if that's if that's what they need or if that's what they want um, you know, that's, that's going to allow them to run the football. Steve, your your the biggest weakness you've identified uh, along this offensive line.
1: I, th- I think it's still pro- just production,
0: not enough output.
1: I think we're assuming, I think there's a lot of assuming going on. I think, I think yep. it's okay to assume based on what we just said, there's, there is talent. There's a decent level of experience. And there's, you know, depth. So I think it's fair to just put those pieces together to say this should be a good unit. But again, when I guess maybe a a little reach, but like just just doing it. You know, because I don't think Michigan's offensive line played great last year, right? I mean, I think they struggled to run the football against good teams. Um, So-so in the passing game. You know, I think Hayes is kind of quietly a guy that needs to rebound you know, not talked out, talked as much about as guys like uh, Josh Ross and Brad Hawkins, who also kind of had Vince Gray, uh, who had down years last year. But he's client.
0: another guy that the production has not matched the excitement in it's, practice. Right,
1: right. Yeah. So, you know, so I've, in that sense, I think, you know, there's maybe he needs to have a little bit of a rebound this season. So, um, but yeah, I would just say sheer production, you know, so there is a sense, there is a, there's an air of like, let's see it. You know, but again, I think there's enough evidence, enough there to to believe, to really believe, and not be guessing that this should be one of the strengths of the team. But we still haven't quite seen that in action, uh, particularly again against quality defensive fronts. You know, you look at teams like Wisconsin, Ohio State, same same, you know, usual suspects that we have not seen Michigan really win that battle, let alone put in like a big time performance in one of those games. So that really might be the weakness is the lack of big game production heading into this year. And I think, you know, if you're an optimist, you think maybe that they could be the unit that could put them over the top in one of those games, because there's, again, there's really no reason that they shouldn't be at least one of the better units in the big 10. If not generally speaking around the country.
0: Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a fair. I guess not. Not not, that's not the expectation, but that is a fair barometer for them to try to try to reach. And I guess one thing in terms of weakness, I I was going to say pass protect. Like if we'd done this last week, I would have said pass pro. I just, I just don't know if they're going to be able to stop, you know, a true NFL caliber defensive end edge guy because um, Stuber's had some issues with pass pro in the past and, and Ryan Hayes, you know, you mentioned it's, it's important for him to bounce back. It's also important for him to stay healthy. He only played a couple games last season. I think he only played two games. So, you know, there is some, sometimes your best abilities, your availability, but actually like kind of thinking about how these position battles have taken place. I, I kind of, I guess they're just they're they're kind of stuck in a weird inexperienced place because they played so few games last season. I'm actually going to say the experience is a weakness. They have a lot of guys who have started and had that experience, but one stat that that some of the like national preview magazines always use is how many returning starts do you have among your five offensive linemen? In some years, Michigan will have more than 60 They'll have more than 80. I think heading into 2019, they had more than 80. Some years, it's, it's not. This is, this is one of those years where it's not. I mean, Stuber Stuber has a few. I think he has more than 10 at this point. Um, Hayes has a couple. Filiaga. I mean, everyone, you know, they have a couple here and there, but they don't have someone who has done it for three years in a row. And that's what I think that's where you were heading with the production standpoint is, you know, this is still, it's an, it's an older group. I would not necessarily call this an experienced group just in the time on task, the chemistry. And, you know, I asked Sharon Moore last week about when he kind of wanted to get the, that starting five and his answer. I mean, it was, it was kind of in the, like any answer it's in the middle. I was like, would you rather keep fostering these position battles or get a starting five and start building that chemistry? And he kind of gave an in-between answer, but, but it seemed like he was, a little bit more interested in seeing these position battles play out all the way. You know, I think his belief was that the timing and the chemistry will come, which he knows way more about offensive line than me, but that was a different kind of answer than what I think a lot of offensive line, former linemen have said to me, they, they said they always liked it to be settled second week of August. You know, you're, you're starting five and, and you know other past offensive line coaches have said similar things. So, you know, I, I guess the the time on task and the chemistry is is on paper a bit of a weakness. And that that would probably be my biggest question as far as the whole group. My my biggest question about the offensive line, just because Vistardis is we're now projecting him to start, um, I guess what does that say about the offensive line? Does that does that say Vasardis is gonna be great? Maybe. Does it say Zinter, who Josh Gaddis said might be the best offense player on the team, is is best suited at right guard. It's possible. Or does it say that maybe they haven't gotten the answers they were looking for at other positions just because a sixth year walk on is not usually someone that, you know, if you're a team trying to be a top 25 team, you usually don't have a sixth year former walk on as your as your starting center. So it can it can happen. It certainly can. And Vistardis is obviously, I mean, he was someone that, that probably could have been a scholarship player at the group of five level if that was what he was interested in. And he's a, he was named a captain last year. You mentioned the leadership. I think that's important at the center position. But, but I, I guess if I were to phrase it like a question, if Andrew Vistardis is the starting center, what does that say about Michigan's offensive line? It can say good things. It can also say not so good things. What is your biggest question? About this offensive line,
1: take a little bit of a different angle. Um, I want like, just based on what we've heard, what the coaches have said. I, can I? Th- I'm wondering, can Zach Zinter become Michigan's next dominant offensive
0: lineman? I think. Well, he's do you got think a, so, based on what's being said,
1: right? But I think he's got. A, I think he's got a sh- I think he's got a shot. Yeah, and uh, so you know, a guy like that, when we talk about offensive line, we always talk about the unit as a whole. Uh, you know, I think he can, I think he's a guy that can individually end up making a really big impact for Michigan this season. It's clear. They're excited. They've been excited about him. They were excited about him last year. I think he was a little up and down, but that was way less the physical side of things as it is just learning the game at the college level. And, uh, feel like he's made strides in that area. So, I mean that's my question. You know, as Ken Zach's entered, could this be the first step in him becoming the next dominant uh, offensive lineman at Michigan? You know, and I have some confidence I think he can do it.
0: Yeah, prediction time. So, I have been saying this for a while, so those who have listened to the podcast, I I just I feel like this will be something of a 2018 type offensive line resurgence. I, I kind of illustrated it at the beginning, so I won't repeat it, but I mean, just all the departures and all the injuries they had last season, because they didn't just lose Hayes and Mayfield. I mean, there were, there were other offensive linemen who were either banged up. You mentioned Vistardis, Um, You know, he missed a couple games too. So it's, I don't know. And, and plus they, you know, there were, there was rumblings, at least that there were some COVID protocol absences. Remember if you, tested positive for COVID this time a year ago, you couldn't. Um, I think you could return to practice before 21 days, but you couldn't, you couldn't play for 21 days and you had to sit out of practices for a while too. And so that, I think that just really messed um, teams that that didn't have set starters. Like Michigan just didn't really have any set starters other than Mayfield on the offensive line. I think that set the offensive line back a little bit. So my prediction is that there is a resurgence that is reminiscent of 2018. I I don't know how it'll be quantified if if we're having fun and not worrying too much about being right or wrong. I I, I kind of feel like it'll be top 15, top 20 offensive line in the country. I I don't know just cuz I mean those measurements are in a lot of ways subjective as well. So but but I do think I do think this will be a major strength for Michigan. I I would argue, it might almost be the well. There's a couple questions, but it's it's not too far off of being the best position group on the team in my estimation. Uh, I think it'll be a good year for Michigan's offensive line. You have a prediction?
1: Uh, it's yeah. It's always a hard position to kind of predict. It's like you predict they're going to be good, you know, because you're talking about a unit.
0: Um, Right, there's not, like, a yardage yeah there's, no, like, there's,
1: yeah, there's no, like, there's – yeah, uh, there's no measure. There's no, like, number or, or uh, quantif, uh, quantity or anything. Uh, I think that – I guess I'm going to sort of almost repeat what you I, I just – I do think they live up to expectations. One thing that I, I kind of keep going back over when it comes to the offensive line is – and I think it was Stuber earlier in this when they met in the spring – uh, talking about the liking playing for Sharon Moore up front and, and feeling comfortable and asking him questions. And, and uh, you know, as I, I think, again, you take those, those pieces that we put in together, the ta- talent, the depth experience is like, we know this, obviously this can be a really good unit. I think in a way it, it that final piece of the puzzle may be the ability for the coach, the position coach and the unit to also gel. And I think there's more of a synthesis there than there has been in the past. And I think, you know, that, that could be to Michigan's benefit. You know, I think Moore is in a pretty good situation. There's a lot of, a lot of minds on the offensive side of the staff with, with some experience uh, you know, Kyle Devan, I think, was the analyst they brought on. Uh, he's he's coached the position before. He's been the position coach before at a couple other schools. I've heard really good things about him. So, you know, I think there's some safeguards there for a first time coach at the position, like more to succeed. And I think that final, I think that maybe that final piece of the puzzle for Michigan is sort of that that harmony between coach and 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 you player and unit. And so I, I guess all that leads to me saying is I think I think they are going to live up to expectations this year. I think they finally, and it should be the beginning of a fruitful era for Michigan up front because they return almost everybody next year too, possibly. Um, and if right. they and if the the guys who could leave are almost assuredly going to be replaced by you know four star level recruits. Um, You know, so, so this could be the beginning of a really good run for Michigan. You know, there's a, there's a, enough of a variance in that, in the, the, just the scholarship situation where they're, they're not going to be losing everybody. Like when they lost the four or five guys that got drafted uh, off the 18 team, like you talked about earlier. Right. So, you know, there's more of a, I think there's much more potential there for this to be like kind of the beginning of a more consistent uh, unit year in and year out.
0: Well, there you have it. That's, that's what we have to say about Michigan's offensive line. Uh, stay tuned. The next episode, will be looking at the, at the defensive line. And obviously, we'll continue uh, working through the defense and special teams as well with the rest of the series. So check out all the episodes. Uh, we try to make them a digestible length for you. So if you're on a work commute or, or only have you know uh, just a little bit of time to kill, you can check those out. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Hope you have fun. Hope you learned something.